and we're live. Sports Dev Series. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Mimi, Wilson, Jack is our yeah, guest today. Mimi Halfa, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Fantastic. Mimi is joining us from Bayosa, Nigeria. Um, and Mimi does a lot of different stuff, man. He's kind of like a sports and entertainment expert locally. He has worked with a lot of different sporting and entertainment organizations um, in Nigeria on the professional level as well as um, in the amateur ranks. Um, and uh, he's here to kind of just chat with us today about, I guess, Nigerian sports industry. We've exchanged some ideas and had some conversations about where this industry could possibly go. Um, but yeah, yeah, Nimi, if you if you don't mind, if you just want to talk a little bit about some of your recent um, experiences of, of things you've done in Nigeria. Um, all right. Where to start? Um, I think I got into the sports industry in Nigeria about seven years ago or so. Um, just from being a sports fan on the global level and then moving back to Nigeria, I was wondering, like, why does it seem to not be working here? Because on the face of it, we have the audience. We have the eyeballs that can, um, you know, watch Nigerian sports if it's well packaged and on TV. So that's, that's kind of where my journey started um, into the Nigerian Professional Football League, um, working with a couple of teams on there to try and build out their businesses. You know, so that, that process was my first um, look at what goes on behind the scenes into... in um, the Nigerian sports businesses. And what I saw behind the scenes wasn't good. It um, just helped me understand why nothing was working. There was everyone kind of just approach, approach the matter as sports, you know, without really considering that it's also a business. And that, that basically made it not to work as a business because for, for the business to work, you have to acknowledge that the customers or the fans in this case is what makes the business not just 100% um, focus on players. There has to be some focus on, on what the fans want. Because at the end of the day, people, you know, come to watch sports, not just because they want to see who's the best, but because they want to be entertained. They want to do something fun. So that was one of the major problems I saw. And the other thing was, even those who were building sports businesses, not many people were thinking of the industry as a whole. 
So it's like you build a sports business, but there's not really an ecosystem that you're operating within. So at the end of the day, everything is geared towards um, a foreign ecosystem. So, you, yeah, this is just... Can you expand on that? Like, what do you mean? Um, okay. An ecosystem not built towards, uh, is geared towards a foreign ecosystem. Okay. Uh, so what I mean by that is if um, someone, a young player, wants to play football for a living, being in Nigeria, there's almost no option of playing football for a living. If you're in Nigeria, fair, you can say the MPFL, at this point pays enough that someone can make a living doing that. Yeah. But those opportunities are still few, you know. So at the end of the day, everyone is actually trying to be good enough to get to export their talent. Whereas, you know, we should have a situation where we're exporting the top talent, but then those who are not the cream of the crop, those who are not in the 1% but are good should still be able to earn a living locally. You know, and we see, like, if you take English football system now, the Premier League is making a lot of money and a good chunk of that money still gets paid downwards towards the lower leagues you know, to ensure they survive because they know it's important that players can earn a living even if they can't make it to the Premier League. So we need we need some sort of broader system like that if we um, really want to develop talent. And okay. that's just at the top level. Below that, you know... In the school system, there's no there's no sports incorporated into the school system again, uh, which is another discussion on its own because we can't even begin to talk talent development if there is no sports systems built into our education system. Okay, so let me. There are a lot of things you've said. Let me let me try to unpack that a little bit. So with the ability of i agree with you by the way that the top talent the one percent does should go and then if to to whomever the market thinks they should come towards it so for instance if you have an opportunity why not but then at the same time the guys who want to stay at home to earn a living the question then becomes you know how do they earn that living from professional clubs when and you've worked with these clubs, so you know what I'm talking about. When you have clubs that aren't, um, I guess, uh, revenue responsible, um, yeah. they, they're not built or created with a structure to run and generate their own money. Um, so in terms of living, and I've represented players that, I represent players that play in Nigerian Premier League right now. And um, a lot of them call me and say they haven't been paid for three, four months. 
So how is that how is that feasible when the entities that are meant to be paying them haven't created a structure so they can make money for themselves? You see what I'm saying? And um yeah. and even like the example you gave about EPL and it funneling money down to the lower level clubs so they could survive, so they have a system. Yeah, 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 I agree with you. That's a good system and it, it works because of how much money the EPL can generate because of the quality of football that's played there so everyone around the world watches. But with us, given the environment that we're in, given the context of how the clubs are set up at the highest level, how do we break through all of that to create that environment where those kids that don't go abroad can earn a living. Um, yeah, I think the the problems existing in the Nigerian sports system just reflects the nature of the country itself, whereby the government gets involved in business which it shouldn't be and then they they basically distort the incentive works it's easier to build something new than try and fix the old so the problem we're having now is everyone feels like if it's not the current system there's nothing but then if we've been trying to fix the current system for like two decades with no progress to show for it, then I would like to believe that if some clubs, some of the privately owned clubs came together and started a new league, by now we would um, have better progress. You know, but that's just my thoughts. Th this has to be all private driven because in the government clubs you have political appointees making decisions that are politically influenced and you know at the end of the day they rely on state governments to give them funds to run the clubs so they've already positioned the clubs as charity organizations whereas that approach alone has already made it difficult for for that club to move forward. And then it creates a negative effect in the industry as a whole because they make it hard for the private clubs who are um, revenue generators to function. So I feel moving forward... On the private side, the, the private sports organizations should be looking at starting new leagues because currently there's not much to gain from the current leagues. So I don't think there's too much opportunity cost in going out and starting something new. So if, if we were you to know, and doing that, it right, yeah, when no, we talk I, of um, football leagues, yeah. 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, I was just going to add when we talk of football leagues, you know, almost every country on earth has a working football league and system, except perhaps Nigeria. So there's already many good models out there that we can replicate. So it's not a function of um, being so innovative to get it working. Rather, it's a function of can those who have the incentive to get it working actually come together and get it done rather than waiting and hoping that the existing system will somehow magically fix itself Okay, so let, let's let's explore the uh, new league concept. Um, so the MPL or MPFL, whatever it's called now, is the official premier league in the country as recognized by the federation, which is then recognized by FIFA. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Correct. So if a new league had to be created... Exclusively with private ownership, right of 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 clubs. Yeah. What what would that process be like? Because it wouldn't be under the current league structure, where you have the MPFL, you have the National League, and then you have all the other kind of smaller leagues that are under it. That's the system right now. So, if a new league had to be created, how would that new league be created? where it doesn't fit into the recognized league structure? And and will the NFF, which is a recognized body of football in the country, will they even approve for a new league to be created? You see, my, you see the point? I okay. Did. So yeah. <clears throat> I think, you know, when it comes to innovation, there's always going to be those who fight innovation, who don't want to see progress. So the very idea of a new league, you can be sure that NFF or whoever is going to be against it. So that's just, let's just have that there, that there's going to be opposition. Now the question is, what is most important to those who are starting these new leagues? If the priority is to be recognized by FIFA, then it's not going to work. But if the priority is to build a fan base and generate revenue, I believe even without NFF or FIFA, this can be achieved privately. Because, yes, FIFA is the world governing body of, of football, but if we're talking, technically speaking, you can play football, tweak a few rules, and you're out of the jurisdiction of... Can you build a fan base? Can you build the business? Because one, one thing we should actually realize is this. The, the average fan of any sports goes to watch live sports not because of the what's the word of the perfect rules and procedures and the players abilities to stick to that they go to watch because they feel 
some sort of um, dedication or relationship to the team, to the brand or the players involved. And, you know, that's why people will engage in sports as fans and spectators. So when we realize that, you, you now see that we're looking at it as a business and not getting caught up on. So at the lower ranks of football, and naturally the chances of producing a world-class football talent is like very low. But locally, you have a lot of local players concentrated in a particular town, you know, and people know that team. Then you actually have a lot more to gain by producing entertainment for a local fan base than for chasing professional recognition. So, so ultimately, that choice has to be made. Those teams who are already high enough to have that recognition may not have the incentive to, you know, start a new league. But I can tell you from my knowledge that some of the best teams in Nigeria currently don't play in the league because it's not profitable for them to play in the league. So they'll rather just train hard and then go on tours abroad and play tougher teams and, you know, get more opportunities for their players. So there are already teams existing outside of this league system who may have the incentive to form a new league. But then it's back to them operating as businesses until they come together. They can't really build that ecosystem and support one another. So, yeah. Yeah, so essentially the league will be created but the league will not be a recognized league under football structure um, or under the federation that governs football, um, which, which is... Being... And that's initially, that's initially, you know, everyone, everyone wants to be associated with success. You'd be surprised that when that league shows some, you know, hits some success milestones, Everything switches. Everyone wants to be associated. But initially, you know, you have to, to take some risk to build something new. Yeah, I know. I see what you're saying. I think, I think once you create it and, of course, if it becomes a financially uh, concrete league with a good foundation and player salaries are getting paid and there's a structure for generation of revenue and you know they're selling tickets and they're they found the formula to attract people to their games then you're going to have the better players in the country being attracted to that league to go play there yeah um and then what happens eventually and i've seen this happen before elsewhere although there's an, a lacrosse example in the u.s a guy started a lacrosse league that was being run simultaneously as the officially recognized lacrosse league in the country but he mm. had to fight but he had to fight a war 
<laughs> because yeah. the, the established league came after him um, and came after that league in every with everything they could um, yeah. because he was making them redundant. Look bad. So, yeah, <laughs> and so you know, in but luckily for him, in the case in the US, he got significant funding from certain quarters, and then that really helped him build that league and grow it. Um, and eventually, all the good players came to his league and everything just kind of with time, that league with, um, you know, that was established so soon faltered and his league became the number one recognized league in the country. Um, yeah. the, okay. Um, I just want to... Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I wanted to just take that the points we're making in general so in another direction. The other thing to look at is, you know, sports is very broad. And in Nigeria, we tend to be always focused on football, despite not really having any benefits from football in that. We still don't have a viable football industry. We still don't produce footballing talent. You know, and there, there are reasons why it's hard for us to you know, build the football industry because football is infrastructure heavy relatively. You know, to run a team, it's a lot of players, a lot of logistics to maintain a good um, pitch and stadiums, a lot of, you know, money needed. So I'll say for Nigeria, we have to go back to the drawing board and actually look at sports in general, look at where, where do we have competitive advantages? Cause there's some sports that we have more natural talents for. And then also look at what are the low hanging fruits? What sports um, infrastructure is most affordable that we can easily build out across the country? You know, what's, sports are are viable for us basically and not feel like because football is the biggest sport we must be doing well in football and you know football right now is kind of at its peak at, as a sports when we look at every sports you know it's every sport is going to hit a peak at some point and plateau and ultimately start coming down as the industry becomes oversupplied. We can look at baseball, for example. I believe like maybe 100 years ago or a bit less in America, baseball should have been the number one sport. But right now, I don't think baseball being the the top five sports in America. Uh, so if, if somebody at a point very, so I feel we need to look at football in the same way. It's, it's an expensive sport to want to do well at, and it has kind of peaked. So we should be looking at the future what sports are on the rise that are affordable enough to invest in. You know, one of the clearest um, 
ones that stand out, uh, like mixed martial arts. We've seen Nigerians do well on the global stage, despite few Nigerians participating in it. And we're seeing the scene growing in Nigeria as well, you know, and the benefit of getting in on the new sports over the old sports is there's no overbearing associations that will tell you, oh, you can't do this. Oh, we were here first. There's none of that. When, when you invest in a new sports, you're a pioneer. You have a chance to beat the association. So personally, you know, when I think of sports, I wouldn't, I, I would scarcely invest anything in 11-a-side association football. I may invest in like a five-a-side because that's more manageable. It's easier to manage the teams. The facilities are more affordable to build. Um, so I think that's, that's the thing with business is that business is flexible. You look at what what can I afford, what will give me the most returns on investment in the in the long run. Yeah, but business is also based on demand, right? I think um I think you're right. There are other sports that could grow with time, probably take a longer time um for it to reach a threshold. Uh, the baseball example you gave baseball is called america's pastime but you know it's a summer sport a lot of americans still watch a lot of baseball there the baseball players that i would say outside of american football and basketball outside of basketball and american football probably up there with those other two leagues in terms of salaries and payments they still get paid ridiculous um but the thing is it's all based on demand. So in the Nigerian context, football, soccer is the prime sport. It's the religion. Um, and what's crazy about it, it's a religion, a prime sport that, no, that like, well, we've talked about this a lot before, that, that is not being capitalized on in terms of money that can be generated. Um, you mentioned MMA. Yes, that could be a top-notch sport. You know, um, it would need a lot of growth and development and getting the athletes because currently not a lot of people participate. So, yeah, there are opportunities for new sports, 100%. I think um, it comes down to just... But the one that we do have the demand for now, the one that people are crazy about now, we're dropping the ball on. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? So, so we're not we're leaving money on the table, we're not maximizing and and all of those things. So um I think you have something to say, but I, I kinda of so, wanted to ask you a hypothetical question after that. But go ahead. Okay. Um so now looking at the demand for football, you know, the the loyalty of most Nigerians when you when you really look at it is not really to the game itself rather is to the to the brands that have been built around the game and and it took decades to build those brands so we're in a position now where even if we leveled up um our football industry overnight we still can't level up the brands so 
overnight, which means before we can get, you know, we also need to put a couple of decades or at least a decade of work into, into building the brands that people can really resonate with. And I look at all the, the leagues we watch today, should be, you know, up to, I don't know how many years, 50, 100 years, you know, hearts of 50, 100 years of building up to be where they are. So we also need to recognize that even if we have the demand, we still can't build those, those type of leagues or brands overnight, which means we yes we can get there but we need to look at the practicality of of getting there from the nigerian perspective because for somebody to manage a football team like it is no easy feat whereas you look at the solo sports like mma you know there you don't necessarily need to manage a team someone can train train at home and become a world champion so the practicality of developing talent in, in solo sports or sports that require smaller teams um, makes a case for, for investing more in that. Because if we look at, the, if we prioritize the demand over what we can practically achieve, then we may keep chasing you know, chasing an ambition that is not within our grasp. Yeah, I I, I see your point. Um, I do have additional thoughts about that, but because of time, I can't really jump into okay. it. I think we need to we need to, we need to schedule another session so you and I can really jump into this because I do see your point and I do see the fact that yes, it could possibly take a long time, but given the kind of environment we have, and again, the demand is key, if the right people get behind it. I don't see the turnover taking that long because, and I understand your point that a lot of these brands have been around for a long time, but a lot of those brands fell through. What they were in the past is not what they were, what they are now because they dropped the ball, bad management, everything just got totally decimated mm. yeah but we, 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 i mean I, i'm talking about back in the day when we had the yeah the show, I, I i know yeah yeah they, you know so they, those they were brands and imagine if they didn't get decimated those brands today true you know true the burgers the insurance of benin's the sharks of potato yeah. the rangers you know the, the iwayan which is now aimba if you just think about yeah. it, right? If they really had people with ideas running them, we would have something that would have been phenomenal. But because people are still crazy about the game, there's a window there that can be exploited. But anyway, before I go, last question for you. Um, and I, yeah. I want I want to I want to bring you back so we can really talk about 
some of the points you just made because I think they're interesting. But um, the last point before you go, if you were made Minister of Sports today, what are yeah. your what, what would be your two priority areas that you immediately focus on and tackle? And we probably don't have time to really get into okay. it, but yeah, just I'll want give, to get I'll give an overview. Yeah. Um, okay, first priority will be to build out a sports system within the public school system. So what do I mean? We're going to strategically identify sports that we want to develop global talent in, like football, basketball, volleyball, you know, table tennis, and some others. And then we're going to make sure that every public school has standard facilities that cater to these sports. And then we're going to set up a sports curriculum you know, and hire trainers that can develop talent in this sport so that if someone has the ambition to be a footballer, from the moment they get into primary school, there should be a school team that gives them the opportunity to play regularly on a well, you know, taken care of pitch within a well-structured club where they have the right guidance, you know, and that goes on to secondary school so that by the time they're out of secondary school, those who can make it professional should already know themselves, you know, and then from there, people can go in different parts. So that, that sports system within the public school system would be priority one. And then the second thing will be to create more recreation and sports facilities in, on a local level, so something scalable. What we see so far is when Nigerians want to invest in sports, they go build a $100 million stadium that never gets used, and then everyone's just looking at it. So instead of building $100 million stadium, I'm trying to see how I can build 10,000 sports centers across the country, you know, yeah. that are practical, viable, easy to maintain. Yeah. So basically increase access to sports for real at the grassroots. And I feel with time, everything else will take care of itself to the game. You can trust that they will be innovative enough to build businesses around it and, you know, build the industry from there. Okay. Yeah, no, Nimi, that, that's at our next session, I'm going to ask you additional questions about that, that point you made, the school system and how to build from it. But, um, hey, I think we've run out of time. It's, it's definitely a pleasure having yeah. you on. I, I could talk to you for the next yeah, three hours. Nice. But I think we'll, we'll save the next three-hour conversation for our next session. But um, <laughs> definitely nice, nice, right. nice having Looking you. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you.